Hey everyone, it's Friday, November 20th, 2020. Welcome to episode 41 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. And on this week's show, we'll be drinking and reviewing craft beers from Highwire Brewing and Lancaster Brewing Company, discussing John Jones's bulked up physique ahead of a potential heavyweight move and Zoom's plan to make group calls free for Thanksgiving. We'll also be talking about a new XR headset reveal, boasting a 120 degree field of view, also a VR game giveaway for your Quest 2 purchase, and HBO is partnering with Sony Pictures Television to produce The Last of Us TV series. But before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, and if you really want to help us grow, share our show with a friend. We truly appreciate your support. Yes, and make sure to check out the YouTube chapters or the timestamps in the description if you'd like to just go ahead and skip around to your favorite topics. All right, man, we have a lot to cover, so uh, let's get into this. How was your week, sir? It was good. I can't believe it's Friday already. This week went by so fast. Started out super cold, got pretty warm. Today was so nice outside, but uh, the family and I have gotten kind of festive and started to uh, decorate the house a little bit. We pulled down all the Christmas decorations this past weekend. Um, that's always a fun task, but uh, the kids were excited to get the decorations up. And I got to admit, I don't I don't hate it. You can see here, Shana set me up in the background. Looking uh, good. Flashy Christmas tree lighting up the room. If you guys aren't watching the YouTube video, I recommend you check that out. And also check out the YouTube video because I got a special package in the mail today from our friends over at GamerAdvantage.com. Shout out Brian Reedy, founder, uh, for joining us. He joined us earlier this week. Or sorry, that was last week. Man, time flies. Yep. Um, to talk to us about his blue light glasses. And I was so compelled. I went out and purchased a pair of my own. So let's go ahead and give a blue light glasses reveal. So I'm going to go duck out real quick. I'll be right back. Bam! Man, check these bad boys out. Who are you? You're not the ginger. That's the ginger, except for he looks way smarter. My God, looks very intelligent. IQ just went up thirty points. Yeah. So, so if you're not watching the YouTube video, got some cool black frames. The glass, the lenses look a little like shaded. That the YouTube, like through the feed, the video feed. They're not quite as dramatically fade or not um, shaded in like real life or tinted, I guess I should say. But uh, yeah, man, I've been wearing these for I don't know six, seven hours today, on and off, and trying to kind of acclimate my eyeball eyeballs to them. And uh, we were just talking before the show. Obviously, you've got some experience with glasses, and you're telling me how yeah, there is kind of an adjustment period when you first put on a new pair of glasses. So like. Um, I'm excited to see how it works, you know, how, how it helps, um, especially tonight. Cause we'll be up playing video games super late and, uh, I always have some issues getting to sleep after, after that. But, but yeah, I highly recommend you guys go and check out episode 37 after you listen to this episode and hear Brian and Reedy walk us through the, the benefits of using a blue light lens, um, and the, you know, kind of key differences between what his team has done with these glasses compared to what you might find your grandpa's blue blockers that he uses for fishing, um, completely different and it can help you get extra sleep and, uh, or just better sleep in general, which, you know, has all kind of health, all kinds of health benefits, um, you know, that come along with that. But yeah, I guess I'm going to wear these for the rest of the episode and just continue to acclimate, but 
but yeah, I'm pretty impressed, man. Like the tent, you know, like he said in the episode, if you like really pay attention and you're like pulling them up and down in your eyes, you can see like a little tiny difference in color, but otherwise for the most part, they're, they're basically clear. So anyways, it's been a good week, man. How about you? How, how was your week? Uh, it's been good. So one thing I want to say, um, what color is the screens that like the screen, your screens in front of you aren't just like blue screens, are they? blue screens yeah like just blue all blue right no they're definitely not like you're not getting the blue screen of death right now right no why does my glasses look like it yeah like if you look in the if, if you're watching the youtube video or just if you if you can see it it just looks like it's ref, it's reflecting your screens but it just makes it look like your screens are all blue so i mean is def- that because it's blocking the blue i think so i think oh, i think that's what's happening here snaps they're blocking on. it they're blocking the blue but uh yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, my week was good. Um, trying to think of what, if anything, happened this week. I don't think anything crazy really happened this week. We didn't work on the fireplace at all. We just put up. We we designed the plans for the cabinets. Um, so we're gonna go buy that stuff tomorrow and put the cabinets together, and uh, we'll be one step closer to getting it finished, which I think will be really nice. Um, besides that, uh, we had an interview this week. Um, actually a couple of days ago, it was Tuesday. We had an interview with, uh, um, Epiphany Craft Malt and, uh, the beer meister there, the, um, Maltz, uh, the Malster, Maltster. the Maltster and, um, founder as well. His name's Sebastian and, um, wow, was he cool. He's actually the bald, what, what did he call himself? The bald guy? He said the no hair. The no hair. He's the no hair. <laughs> we got the ginger, we got the beard and we got the no hair. Anyway, right. guys. It was a really um, eye-opening episode, episode 40, and um, I got to tell you, I learned so much about malt, um, things that I didn't know before, and just kind of getting that like behind-the-scenes kind of idea of well, what goes into making malt, you know, sprouting the grains. There's all kinds of different grains that you can use, and then um, the process of, of sprouting them and letting them kind of um, steep, I guess, in water, and then you have to kind of... Um, I'm, I'm kind of butchering this, but I, I tell you, <laughs> it was, it was really awesome. You put it through a kiln and the kilning process, there's multiple different kilning types of processes and each one gives you a different kind of end result with your malt. Um, really, really fascinating stuff. And, uh, I love stouts. I love dark beers and now I know how they're made and how the flavors are made. That was one of the most important things. So guys, if you want to know how that chocolatey or toffee or coffee taste gets into your malt beer, gets into your stouts. Um, it doesn't even have to be a stout. It gets into your German uh, Marzins or Fest beers. Um, go head on over there. Check out the episode 40. It's on YouTube. It's on your favorite podcast player, Epiphany Craft Malt. Um, make sure to go check their website out as well, epiphanycraftmalt.com. All right. <laughs> that was a lot. I feel like that was a great intro. Um, we had a great uh, week behind us. I think it's time for us to go ahead and start drinking some beer, man. You want to? Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. All right. Well, I have to now say thank you to the voters because we actually did get a poll up this week, or I should say I actually got a poll up this week. Congratulations. Pat myself on the back. Nice. We got some pictures up there. Um, so shout out to the voters for putting in that work and letting us know what you guys want to see us drink this week. So for me, 
I've got something that's been in my fridge for a little while, actually. This is another beer, another pickup from the Asheville trip. This is a high wire brewing tangerine hibiscus sour smoothie ale. Whew. That's a mouthful. Nice. It's a tart wheat ale with tangerine, orange, hibiscus, vanilla, and lactose. It's part of their sour smoothie series. That's actually supposed to be like a end of summer sort of beer. Um, but, you know, here we are in uh, towards the end of November, and I'm just getting around to drinking it. But that's okay. I'm excited about it. Um, it's <laughs> Rem- very reminiscing colorful. on the summer months. <laughs> yeah, it's very colorful. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, I read a little bit more about it. It was brewed with over a hundred pounds of tangerine, orange, and hibiscus per barrel. So that's that's quite the uh, ratio there. Let's go ahead and give this give, crack this bad boy open. Mmm. Mm, quite fruity already. I don't know why I can't open these cans. It's like sometimes these little tabs don't really push the thing in all the way, and I'm afraid to slice my finger open. Ooh, but don't yeah, don't do that. It it screws the pour up when it doesn't open all the way. Here we go. I wonder if it's going to be clear or if it's like unfiltered. If there's going to be like any sediment kind of sitting in there. It looks uh Oh, it's clear. Yeah, I was actually surprised to see that. Usually when I when you think smoothie smoothie anything and especially brew with that much fruit and additives or whatever, you definitely would expect some uh sediment, some some particulate matter in there, but Nothing to see so far, unless it's all settled down there at the bottom of the can, which is quite possible. Yeah. You can see that head dissipated pretty much instantly. Right. Um, go ahead and give this a sniff here. I know I was expecting, honestly, a little bit stronger on the nose, but it's very subtle, very subtle, fruity, kind of citrusy. What um, kind of color is that? Aromas. There? That's like an I amber. I describe it as like a. Um. No, I think the video feed is just kind of maybe my camera is just giving it a sort of tent to it but it's a pretty peachy sort of pale pink uh i think peach is a pretty good way to to describe it okay but yeah definitely i can see in the video right now it looks real looks amber but it's not in real life okay um so yeah i mean on the on the nose very light on the nose not 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 overpowering with sourness um i pick up a little bit on the sweetness you know from the vanilla and the lactose and so I'm going to go ahead and give this a sip. It's very light. It's only 5.5% ABV. This is definitely a perfect summer beer. I wish I was sitting outside in like some 85, 90 degree sunlight right now um, because this is delicious for, for an outdoor drinker. Um, very easy to drink. Very light, light bodied. Uh, again, I was a little bit, a little bit shocked about that smoothie. Anything smoothie? Every, every time I hear that, I think about a thicker body. Um, but I mean, it's got a good, it's got a nice mouthfeel. Just, it's just really light, not as creamy as I was expecting it to be, but definitely a little bit of sweetness from that lactose. And if you guys don't know, lactose obviously is the sugar from milk, so it's the sugar that's found in milk. But the interesting thing about it, and as we kind of have been learning about, is that yeast can only brewing yeast can only break down certain types of enzymes and sugars. Um, and lactose is not one of those. So when so when a brewer adds lactose to a beer, it's it it's adding essentially adding sweetness to it that the yeast can't ferment. So it does not turn that sugar into alcohol. Instead, it stays around and keeps the beer sweet. Um, so that's what we're getting here. But honestly, I mean, it could be that's I don't know these these sours that have fruit in them. They you know they age differently. 
you can only keep them for so long. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe the fact that it sat a little while in my refrigerator, it maybe lost a little bit of its bite, but it's not quite as sour as I was expecting it to be. So like so a, the, uh, a lightly, lightly soured, I guess. Yeah, that second sip there, it's basically the same thing. Not a lot of sourness. I mean, they do describe it as being pretty well balanced with the with the sweetness. So, you know, I think this is a pretty good uh, good transition if you're not somebody who likes the super sour beers. I'm going to swirl this can around a second, see if we can kick up any uh, kick up any sediment in there. Because I feel like you know, usually when they call them sour, you know, if they just call them sour, then they don't really they're not really ever sour. But if they call them like a farmhouse ale. You know, then you're really going to get something. <laughs> yeah. And then Gosa, if they call it a Gosa, you know, that's kind of like a, a completely different beer because it's more salty, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I swirled the can, still nothing. So clearly they filtered out all the uh, remnants of that fruit. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I mean, really good. Again, I kind of wish I was sitting outside basking in the sun, pale body exposed, shimmering and shining. <laughs> You can, can't stare at me directly or else your retinas will disintegrate. Seven um, layers of sunscreen. sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Highwire, I've, I've enjoyed every beer that I've had with them so far, from them so far. And uh, this is definitely another one to add to the list. I don't know if it'll be around again next year, but I, uh, you know, I'll be looking out for some more of their sour smoothie series next year. I'm sure they'll probably bring that back. So cheers to you, Highwire. What about you, man? What did the voters give you this week? Um, well, we're going to definitely uh, contrast what you just drank. Um, this is basically the very opposite of the spectrum there. Um, we have a double milk chocolate stout by uh, Lancaster Brewing Company. Um, I've had Lancaster before, and um, some of them are good. Some of them are, um, you know, I wouldn't say bad, but you know, maybe lacking a little bit. Um, none of them have really like knocked my socks off, but, uh, let's see if this one does. Um, so let's read the website. Um, I feel like Lancaster is like kind of, I, I, I want to go there at some point. Where's it at? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't think it's that far from me. I could probably make a trip out there. I'm just wondering what the experience, like what the experience would be like, you know, with, you know, draft basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think I've ever had their, their draft beer. Um, but this one's got really good ratings. Um, so pretty excited about it. their website says, don't miss out on the intense roasted malts, silky smooth mouthfeel, subtle sweetness and velvety chocolate goodness of our two times chocolate milk stout. We went over the top with more malt. Yeah. The infusion of cacao nibs and pure chocolate for a truly otherworldly chocolate stout experience. Yeah. I I just got excited hearing you talk about that. Start reading, reading stuff like that. You should do voiceover works (laughs) just for introducing beers. Um, I gotta say I'm pretty excited. So, uh, let's go ahead and pour this out. Um, definitely black. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, it certainly looks opaque, but, um, oh, now it's certainly black right now. I could see through it a little bit when I was pouring it out at first. Um, very little head on that. Um, fairly uniform bubbles. Um, certainly no significantly big bubbles, but that head is, is going away pretty quick. Um, so yeah, there it goes. Cheers. Oh yeah. 
Um, I'd say the head is like a tan color, um, almost looks like a foamy coffee topping to it. So, uh, yeah, um, let's uh, go ahead and give it a sniff. Um, slight chocolate, just very, very, very small chocolate. More, I'm just getting a lot of sweetness on that. Um, almost like a little bit of toffee. But um, definitely the first sniff was just like a, a light chocolatey sniff, um, but it's it was very sweet. Um, so let's go go ahead and uh, taste it. Wow, I was thirsty. <laughs> that was a big gulp ski. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, I started sipping and I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a gulp of this because I'm thirsty. Um, so that was good. I didn't really get chocolate on that. Um, I'm still working on my taste buds and everything, but I didn't really get any chocolate on that. Um, I got I definitely got the uh, a little bit of sweetness. I'm actually getting a little bit of bitterness now. Um, it, it, it did say that it was uh, 33 IBUs, which is typically higher on the spectrum for me. I, um, really don't like above 15 IBUs. So, um, that's good. And, um, you know, so actually I kind of like that because usually when I drink 33, you know, IBUs or more, like it kind of hits me up front, that one kind of like eased me in. So I appreciate that. Um, the six, this is 6.8% ABV, uh, by the way. So, you know, certainly, a little bit higher than normal, uh, but not enough to knock your socks off. Um, yeah, I'd say that it was almost, um, I got like more of like a roasted kind of feeling to it. I didn't yeah. really pick up on chocolate or like toffee or coffee, which you would typically associate with these. So, so the, I think the double chocolate is misleading. Um, for me, at least some other taste buds might be able to pick it up. It certainly smelled like chocolate when I first smelled it. Um, but to me, it's tasting more roasted, um, kind of like a roasty flavor to it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and we uh, we learned from Sebastian earlier this week that the roastedness is kind of what lends itself to that chocolatiness. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know I've distinctly picked up on on chocolatey beers before and like good quality ones, too. Not like you're, oh, I added a bunch of syrup kind of to it. So, yeah. Yeah. The smell definitely gave it to me. Um, the taste, not so much, but definitely the roastedness. So I'm definitely picking up on the roasted malts there. Um, I'd say that it's got a fairly moderate body to it. Um, I've had some other stouts that really kind of like coat your mouth and, mm-hmm. um, this one, not so much, although I do have some, the, the malt is kind of like sticking there. The roasted malt is definitely sticking in there. So, um, overall, what I would say for this beer is, um, certainly not like, um, top of the line, best quality that I've ever had, but still enjoyable. I think the price is right for a beer like this. Um, I think if you were going for something, when you read double chocolate milk stout on a can, you know, you're, you might be like going for something, right. Where you're trying to, um, kind of knock your socks off a little bit. Um, so this might be a little bit misleading. Um, I do have the, the just plain old milk stout, um, downstairs as well. So, I'm kind of now I feel like I'm obligated to try that out and see what the difference is. Uh, so, yeah, overall, uh, I'd say it's worth a shot. I'd buy it again. Um, I think it's an easy one to enjoy, um, you know, and like I said, the price is right. So cheers. Nice. Cheers, sir. 
You know what we stopped doing? We never we don't do beer pictures anymore. <laughs> yeah, we did stop doing the beer pictures. But we don't oh, really well. do any of that on the on the on YouTube anymore. But um if you guys yeah. start watching YouTube, you know, and you start picking up those YouTube videos and we start seeing you um switch over to YouTube and watch us and like and subscribe and comment, then uh we'll start showing pictures. We'll start doing a lot more on YouTube. So just throwing yeah. that out there. I mean like where we used to hold our cans up and be like, cheese. Oh, oh yeah, you want to do that? Let's, <laughs> let's do it. I should do that. Let's do it, man. I totally this forgot. Great, this makes great radio. Hold on, I gotta get oh, my wait. angle right here. Do 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 do. All right. Perfect. There it is. Graham, Graham worthy. All there right, sorry is. about that, audio listeners. Man, yeah, when man, was the that last thing time looks... we did that. Jeez. It's been it's been been a couple months probably. Good call. But uh yeah. That memory sometimes works. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, that looked that looks pretty delicious, dude. I noticed yours has lactose in it too. Um pretty cool. I I like now that we know more about beer and like understand why the why behind these things. It's pretty cool. Um but yeah, so I've got myself a fruity beer. You got something a little on the heavier side and speaking of people and things on the heavier side, we got some interesting UFC news to talk about, my friend. All right, I'm sure we do. I know I saw some headlines. You gonna tell us what they were? Yeah, so John Jones, we mention his name pretty much every week. You know, people, you know, we speculated on his move to heavyweight. He kind of teased it. It was up in the air, back and forth. Don't know what's happening. Maybe he's gonna fight um, Stipe. Maybe he's gonna fight Izzy. Who knows what he's gonna do? But now we've got some pretty concrete evidence that he's definitely moving up to heavyweight. Some pictures came out today. Never before have I been so interested in headlines about men's pictures of their of their their physiques, but when I saw that John Jones has gone up to two hundred and forty pounds from where he used to fight at two hundred and five, or I guess weigh in at two hundred and five, um, I was quite intrigued. You know, um, so he's beefed up a lot. He's jacked. If you've seen these pictures, man, he's huge, um, and it looks like he wears it pretty well. Like he looks like he's still pretty agile and and things like that that show i mean i guess they do all this stuff for for the press for the attention it's showing him like doing sprints and stuff like that trying to show that he's in shape and not just packing on the on the weight um but he's saying that he should be ready like literally a tweet from him said should be ready in the next few months um only thing we can imagine here is that he's alluding to his move to heavyweight um and interestingly enough i was doing some reading i think i I think i read this on bloodyelbow.com um, he now is heavier right now at 240 pounds than Stipe was in his last fight. Stipe weighed in at 233 pounds for that fight. Wow. Um, and now John Jones is at 240. They're the exact same height as well. Stipe and John Jones, both 6'4", I believe, is what I read. Um, but John actually has a longer reach. So in terms of physical you know, size and uh, you know, things like that, that would be a very interesting matchup. Um, but the question is, does Dana give the shot to John before Francis, you know, and how do those two match up in terms of size? You know, I think, I think Francis maxes out the weight class. If I had to guess, um, dude's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. I know that he's, I know that he's weighed in, um, below the limit, uh, before, um, I think he got down to like 240 at one point he was looking pretty lean. Um, I'm very interested in this fight because, you know, 
John Jones being undefeated and, um, you know, he had a tough fight against DC in their second fight, but he ended up knocking DC out. And then we all know about the trilogy of DC and, and Stipe. So um, this is very exciting for me. I can't wait to see it. And, you know, just to answer your question, um, is Dana going to give, you know, Stipe the, the fight? Um, with Francis or is Francis, I mean, I'm sorry, is Dana going to give Francis the fight first? I think he will. And then I think whoever wins is going to fight Stipe. Um, but I also think Stipe is going to win again. Against John? No, no, no. Against Francis. I have no oh, idea who's Francis. going to win that fight, man. That one's like a, that's a toss up for me. Yeah. I, uh, there's so much like of me that's like all about being fair and like the right thing to do. I think Francis should just get the shot at Steve. I should, don't think he should have to go through John. I really don't. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I, I said Francis and, and Stipe will fight. Oh, okay. I thought you said Fran. I thought you said Francis and John will fight, and then the winner of that will fight Stipe. No, no, no. He's gonna um, give. I think he's gonna give the shot to Francis, and then whoever wins fights John. John. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's interesting, but um, you know, I guess there's no more speculating to be had on what his plans are if he's putting on this much. Muscle, really. It's just all muscle. Dude's huge, man. I'm not sure how these guys gain so much muscle so fast, but I guess when that's your job and that's your life, um, it's a little bit easier to do. But all that very interesting. And speaking of title shots, we got some news now confirming that Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, their bout was is made official for January 23rd, but Dana White has also come out and made it official that it's not a title fight. We speculated on this again a couple of weeks ago and, and talked about, you know, would this be the title weight to fill the vacancy that, that Khabib left behind? But it looks like, according to Dana, he thinks that Khabib will fight again and try to go for that 30-0 and 0 mark. Um, so, yeah. and then, you know, kind of further backing that up, Khabib actually sent out a tweet saying that he had been tested again by the USADA um, for his, like, 47th time in his career, something like that. So... Um, why are you being tested if you're retired? Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, he's in the USADA testing pool. I don't know when that expires. Um, yeah. You know, but Dana keeps thinking that he's going to fight. I don't think he's going to fight again. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to honor his, his mother's wishes and not fight. And I don't think Khabib's one to go back on that. And I'm happy to hear that Connor and Dustin is not going to be for a title. It shouldn't be. I think they need to have a Royal Rumble. I think they need to get all of the top eight in the ring at one time. Last man standing takes the belt. Okay? Last man standing. They're all going to gang up on Connor, and then the last seven are going to just duke it out. Somebody might get really hurt. Might be some broken limbs. There's certainly going to be a lot of blood. Royal Rumble. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's get that petition. Yeah, man. I would love to see that. And obviously, you know, we talked about that with Paul Felder and uh, that things didn't quite go his way this past weekend against uh, um, RDA. But, but yeah, I would still like to see that. I think that's the way to go. Royal but I'm Rumble? excited about this. Yeah. You, you know what a Royal Rumble is, right? Wait, I thought we were talking about this tournament. What is a, what is a Royal Rumble? <laughs> it's everybody all in the ring all at once. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, that could be cool too. <laughs> I was like, I was just thinking tournament. I wasn't thinking like, <laughs> oh no, oh no, put them all in there together, complete cage match. Just yeah. Uh, what's that show? What was that show called? Um, Celebrity Death Match. Remember? Did you ever watch that show? 
Celebrity Deathmatch, the uh, or it's like the claymation, the claymation on stuff. TV. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah, that's man. what we need. Yeah, we need just do it in claymation, and then whoever wins that actually gets it, even though they're not. I real. wish they would bring that show back. That was such a good show, man. So funny. They moved on to do like Robot Chicken, and yeah, I don't know where. I don't know what they're doing now, but that's you know they moved on to that. Ro- was it was it put on by the same people? I know Seth Green was involved with like Robot Chicken. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I love Robot Chicken wrong. also. I, I might Anyways, be wrong. I digress. But yeah, so Connor, Connor, and Dustin booked for the twenty third of January. I'm excited to see this one. I'm I'm curious. Do you think? I mean, would you like to see Connor beat Dustin and then get another shot if Khabib were to come back and fight again? Have Connor get another shot at Khabib? I mean, is that something you'd like to see happen? I I kind of I tend to pull for the underdog. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd like to see Dustin pull out a W. I don't know that it's going to happen, though. Yeah, no, I think I'd rather see Connor win um, again on that one. And I don't think I don't think I want to see him fight Khabib again, though. Um, frankly, I just want to see the Tony fight because, you know, we've seen Khabib just demolish everybody else. I yep. don't think if, if he's already beat Connor, I think he's just going to beat him again. Um, I'd, I'd rather see the Tony fight and see if Tony has something else to offer. And if and if Tony can't do it, I mean, Khabib's beat everyone. If, if, yeah. if, I mean, there's nobody else really that I can think of that could put up a fight. So if Tony can't do it, he's the last guy that I think is, is possible there. So yeah. Nice. I don't know why, but my head just now went to like high school cheerleading. Tony, Tony, he's our man. <laughs> if he can't, if he do, can't it, do it, no, I can. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's been a week. <laughs> Uh man, I guess we should just end the podcast with that. Yeah, it's another it's another showstopper, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe we should end the podcast, so maybe we should move on and zoom our way through the rest of it. Okay, let's let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and zoom. Yeah, yeah it's real yeah. zinger, guys. So yeah. zoom zoom, see what I did there. All right, zoom is dropping the 40 minute limit for Thanksgiving. Cutting to the chase here. Uh, you know, you and I have considered using Zoom for this podcast when we have on our guests. Um, shameless plug again. Go check out those guest episodes. Um, but turns out that on a normal day, uh, you have a 40-minute limit. Um, so if you hit that 40-minute limit, it gives you a pop-up. It's like, hey, you got to give us some money right now or we're going to shut this meeting off. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously we're in this interesting time where we've all got to kind of take a step back and consider what to do with our Thanksgivings and our family gatherings and things like that. Especially if you're somebody who has to travel, you have to go to an airport, get on a plane, take an Uber, get to your parents' house. And then you've got 46 aunts and uncles and cousins and, Man. you know, step siblings, you know, that's something you definitely got to consider, right? You have a big um, family. Oh no, I'm, I was, uh, that's definitely not my family. <laughs> <laughs> My family is, uh, I drive four hours and there are like seven people at the table. So, you know, pretty small, but, uh, but for some people it is a reality. I was talking to a guy I work with today. He's like, yeah, man, like I've got, you know, when growing up, I'd have like 30 people in my aunt's house or whatever for Thanksgiving, people that have these giant extended families that get together. But, uh, now we're talking a lot about virtual celebrations, right? Like virtual get togethers and, and Thanksgivings and things like that to kind of minimize the spread of the, the zombie apocalypse. Um, 
So Zoom did the, did a really cool thing, and they announced that they, on Thanksgiving, are getting rid of that 40-minute limit so that if you want to get a nice big uh, Zoom call together and enjoy a meal together uh, while apart, you can do that with no extra cost. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I think that's very nice of them. Good job, Zoom. You yeah. guys are making a good name for yourselves. Appreciate yeah. the goodwill. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, some cool things have come out of the coronavirus. Obviously, it's a terrible situation, and it sucks that it had to be like that. But, um, you know, video conferencing has come so far in the last, like, year. Um, all the cool features that they've added, you know, for free and stuff like that. I think Google also gave out free – used to be – had to have, like, a business, you know, a business license or whatever with Google to get some of their conferencing features, and they just gave that stuff out to everyone. Um, but Microsoft Teams also getting in on that action and announced that you can now have a 24-hour group call with up to 300 participants for free. And there's no expiration on that offer. So that kind of like one-upping on Zoom right now. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know what scenario this ever applies to. But if you want to have 300 of your closest friends together for 24 hours, <laughs> you can do it. I'm just gonna do invite it. like random people, you know. Yeah. Hey, man, you want to come? Uh, you want to come to the uh, the teams party? You want to be a part of the team? You know, come on over. Yeah. Yeah, man. So bring your pants. We should have a ginger in the beard uh, fan gathering. Fan. We'll, we get, we'll get all the fans together. We're gonna uh, need some more fans. Shh. <laughs> 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 fans. Fans. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell your dog, bring your dog. Bring we'll, everyone. <laughs> we'll count them too. <laughs> oh man, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. But the cool thing here is that you don't have to have an account with Microsoft Teams because, I mean, obviously Microsoft Teams is pretty much a, uh, um, I don't know, the, the enterprise, enterprise software usually. I think your company, do you use Teams? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. we have Teams. Yeah, um, my company uses Google, so I've never used Teams, but. Really? I didn't even no. know Google had a platform for uh, sharing um, video. Yep, yep. It's called Google Meet. You can do video conferencing, share your screen, all that cool stuff. Nice. Um, but I don't know that you could do 300 people in one room. That's pretty impressive. And also impressive is that, again, as well as suddenly back up, you don't have to have an account to participate. So there needs to be one person who has an account to start the meeting, to start the gathering. Hmm. Um, but when you send a, you essentially send out a public link to your friends and family, they can just join via browser. They don't have to have an account. So definitely takes down that kind of barrier to entry. Um, and you can see, see 49 people at the same time. So if you see like, you know, these zoom calls, you've got this kind of like Brady bunch view where you got all the little tiles of people. Um, Google max is out at nine. As far as I know, you can only have nine people visible at one time. Um, not sure only where Zoom one lands. episode of Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, forty-nine people though with Microsoft Teams and one on your screen. So hopefully you have a decent sized screen. Pretty impressive that they're that they can handle that amount of bandwidth is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're all video streams. Yeah, uh, I know and this then, is going to be a weird question, but how many people do you think it would take to you know, if they all jumped at the same time to make the earth move a little bit. <laughs> That's so off the wall. <laughs> it's just, well, you let's know. think about it here. Let's think about <laughs> physics. Just if everyone across the head. entire globe 
jumped at the same time. We'd be putting force on the globe from all sides, and it yeah. might just it might just uh, explode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, hold on, real quick, real quick. I know we're going off the, but this is like That's okay. this, this is, is kind of like episodes. This is like this, one of these episodes. <laughs> this is kind of like technology. So there's yeah. like there's like eight billion people, right? There's eight billion people. We'll go with that. Yeah, I think there's like eight billion people. And if the average weight of everybody is like, let's just say like 175, that's 140 billion pounds of weight, dude. 140 billion. That's a lot of weight. All right. Let's just move on. (laughs) Well, before we move on, I did very similar related to this sort of conspiracy is I was once told by a kitchen manager who was an amazing lady. She was such a ball of fire. Like you want to be on her good side. Okay. I worked in the kitchen as like when I was in college. And uh, my wife worked there also, and she was a waitress. But um, shout out Wanda. Wanda. Hope you're doing well. Uh, she t- she told me once, though, she's like, did you know that if you fart and sneeze at the same time, you time travel? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so good. I, I I just died. I think I fell into tears when she said that. <laughs> she, but, she just said it with like a straight face. So like, straight, so straight, straight face. <laughs> oh, oh good times. But Some, yeah. somebody once told me if you hold your breath while you sneeze, your eyes pop out. <laughs> oh wow, that's violent. Oh, that's man. violent. <laughs> so anyway, Microsoft Teams, three hundred participants, Zoom dropping the forty-minute time limit. I hope we get a chance to take care of that or take yeah. advantage of that soon. I do want to say one last thing before we move on from this is um, a cool, another cool feature of Teams that I did see is that there's something called a together mode, which together um, forever. Yeah, um, you guys should check this out uh, on your own. Go check out some videos of it. You essentially can use I, I don't know if you call it AI or not, but it will cut cut your head out from your background, which is not uncommon with you know these video conferencing softwares now. But it'll place every all the participants in like a virtual environment. So like think about a movie theater. Instead of seeing people's faces and grids with their backgrounds, you instead see like an auditorium of seats and all the heads plopped into like the little seats. And just like a cool little feature. We've I'm used sure you're it. probably familiar with it. Yeah. 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 We we've used it before in my team meetings. And it was it was kind of weird, but <laughs> it's like uh okay whatever we can do these days to feel a sense of togetherness yeah everybody just like kind of sitting in it, it kind of like reminding me of like a south park like movie theater or something you know like we're all just like sitting with your level. heads like separate like this <laughs> we're, not canadian canadian. we're not canadian <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well uh let me go ahead and uh move us on so we got a little bit of, you know every every episode i gotta throw in some vr news right i mean it's just kind of a part of the episode now. So um, JVC reveals an Enterprise XR headset with 120 degree field of view and two and a half K resolution per eye. This is pretty crazy, man. Um, I don't think I've seen 120 degree field of view. It's pretty significant. Usually it's around like, I think like 72 degrees or like, maybe even 90 degrees field of view. So 120 degrees, I mean, that's like, you know, you're kind of seeing like all around you. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what you want um, in something that's like XR or AR, you know, um, you know, something that has like a more like real world type of application to it. 
Um, so yeah, it's the it's a prototype using a pr- proprietary mirror display to achieve this 120 degree field of view. Um, you know, and it's the uh, 2560 by 1440, the the 2K per eye dual five and a half inch LCD panels. Um, so in combination with those mirrors, you get this uh, amazing view. Um, so it also uses Steam VR tracking. Uh, so basically, what that is is PC tethered headset. Um, allows you to uh, use um, any compatible controller such as a Vive um, wand or Valve Index controllers as well. So, um, you know, that's how you can control it. I guess it doesn't have its own, um, I guess, in-house controller. So they're kind of leaning on some other companies for their controllers, which that's fine. Yeah, put your focus on the view. I love that idea. Um, This has been in uh, a a development uh, basically since 2018 um it's targeting the simulator market um but mm. it also sees big uses in construction and medical fields um so i'm not really sure what it means by simulator i'm wondering if it means like aircraft simulator it doesn't it didn't specify but when you're saying simulator market that's kind of what i'm thinking yeah or maybe like medical training i know we've talked about that in the past yeah so simulating a medical training situation or maybe even military yeah, exactly. So essentially the idea is to allow users to retain a direct view basically. So like you are actually seeing the things in front of you um, <clears throat> so that you can see the instruments and gauges while like this larger virtual imagery is projected um, alongside it where it needs to be. Um, and <clears throat> basically in like, like on the topic of a flight driving simulator would be like the cockpit cockpit windows and you know whatnot and i and i'm assuming like in construction it would just be like i don't know like maybe just showing you where whatever you're moving needs to be placed i'm i'm trying to visualize it i can kind of visualize it but yeah yeah. you know hopefully you guys are getting the gist of that so they say that this uh unnamed prototype is capable of reproducing clear images without the screen door effect you see through a traditional lens type display and so um, you know, with the old quests and the riffs and anything else, really, you would kind of have like, um, we, we, we've showed it before, but you can go look it up online. It has like lines through it. Everything mm-hmm. kind of has lines through it. And if you look up real close to it, you can see, and then while you're playing it, you might like not realize that it's there. And then if you put on like a nice headset, um, then you'll be like, oh my God, this looks so much clearer because that screen door effect is gone. Um, and anybody, you know, keen on that kind of stuff would notice it and it might be annoying. But a lot of the new headsets that are coming out, I know Quest uh, did it a little bit better, but it's still there. Um, so a lot of the new headsets coming out are getting rid of that screen door effect. And I think that's one of the, the you know, new latest selling points. Um, so that's good to see. Um, so and less color aberration. Um, so aberration, I think, is like when they kind of blend together or they're kind of like off color. Um, mm-hmm, yep. So if I'm wrong on that, let me know. I think that's what it is. Um, so hopefully, yeah, basically they're getting rid of that too. So very yeah. exciting. Um, <clears throat> and last little bit is uh, it also says uh, it features a wide eye box, which will allow users to um, get a greater physical range of wearing positions. Um, so I'm assuming just maybe that means just people with like larger heads or maybe if they have something on underneath of it 
Um, it allows them to maybe put something on underneath of it if they're going into like some different areas. So, um, you know, kind of just their first reveal of it. Um, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was today, uh, believe it or not. Uh, so we kind of just picked up on it right away. But uh, keep this one in mind. Um, not something for gaming per se, but um, certainly uh, fits the tech category um, that we talk about. And um, I think it's very innovative and I can't wait to see. I love this stuff, man. I really do. What do you think about it? Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, I think, uh, you know, getting into more industries, this is the first time we've heard construction, or at least I've heard construction application. Um, the the company I work for is a little bit involved with construction, and I could see this being like, I'm sure on the first day of the job, when you start to work for a construction company, like, hey, go sit in that big piece of equipment there and swing that giant concrete ball at that building and knock it down. <laughs> I'm sure you can handle it. Like, I'm sure you probably have to go through some sort of training. So some kind of simulator would be awesome for that. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say, where is GV, JVC coming from? Like, out of left field, I'm pretty sure, like, they stopped making technology with VCRs, and now all of a sudden they're making VR headsets. Like, what the hell? How'd this happen? Well, I'm pretty sure they're still in um, Asia, you know? Like, they're not in the United States anymore. But I think they've okay. – I'm pretty sure they've still been going in – I think it's Japan. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, so – so they didn't disappear. They just disappeared from the United States. So, yeah, you know, uh, most of this announcement was was, you know, for Asia. It wasn't really for us. So I'm not sure if this will ever make it over to us. But I think it's just great to see that technology like this is being developed. And, you know, there's a good potential that it does get um, does make its way over here if, you know, it's that good on the enterprise level. So, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And the 120 degree is probably the most interesting thing for me i wonder if that's the largest field of view we've got so far on a, on a uh, vr headset i think so um i know that there's a pimax uh vr headset that has a, a pretty good field of view on it um i don't know what that field of view is off the top of my head but all i can say is 120 degrees is a fantastic field of view and yeah. when all vr headsets have 120 degrees it's going to make it just so much so much more immersive um, yeah. because right now when you're looking through it, you can kind of see to the sides just a little bit, but with 120 degrees, um, you're not going to see to the sides, right? You're all, you're going to see a screen. That's all your eyes are going to pick up on. So, yeah, I looked it up and apparently I did not know this offhand, but the human eye is, has a 210 degree, um, horizontal field of view. No way. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, like, you can even see kind of, like, behind your head a little bit. Just, I mean, you can't really, I, I'm trying right now, I can't really see my own hands, but I guess peripherally, you know, I can see a certain kind of, you know, it's pretty pretty interesting, but. Pretty wide angle there. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. very, very cool stuff, though. Always yeah. awesome to see innovation in this category. Yeah, man, I agree. And uh, kind of on the topic of VR, we got some video game news. Um, so, let's go ahead and uh, get right into that. Yeah, guys, so um, Oculus Quest 2, uh, the new VR headset that came out, uh, uh, I think a little over a month ago now, um, it's it's kind of too soon for it to go on sale, you know, for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So rather than them putting it on sale, they're giving away a game called Asgard's Wrath to anyone that's buying the Quest 2 starting today. Um, so... Basically, if you're able to manage, um, basically, if you're able to get one before the end of the year, you'll be able to download uh, this award-winning title um, for free. 
To qualify, you need to activate Quest 2 and use it with a link cable between today and January 31st, 2020. Uh, so there is an end date on this, so make sure to go ahead and get it as soon as you can. Make sure to download the Oculus PC app first, connect your Quest 2 with the USB 3.0 cable or the original link cable sold by Oculus. That's all you got to do. So what is the game? I'll tell you. I haven't played it, but I've wanted to buy this game. Um, it's developed by Sanzaru Games exclusively for the Rift uh, platform, but they're letting you get it on the Quest 2, so I love that idea. Asgard's, nice. yeah, exactly. Asgard's Wrath boasts uh, 30 hours, at least 30 hours of first-person combat, dungeoning, plenty of RG, RGB, not RGB, RPG goodness. <laughs> um, the game's pretty much all about melee, but you'll find yourself morphing into the into a god-sized um, entity to solve environmental puzzles using some of your small animal companions uh, or not-so-small animal companions. So, uh, pretty cool. Um, sounds fun. I want to buy it. Yeah. Um, does this have any... I mean, obviously, Thor is from Asgard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have... Is Thor involved in this game? I guess there's only one way to find out. You're going to have to go oh. buy one. Nice. You go nice. buy one and you report back. I want to know. Do you work for Oculus? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. Maybe I do. If I told covert, you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> covert Oculus representative. Yeah, man. That's why I talk about VR so much. I'm just trying to get those sales up, you know? That's awesome. You're up. actually a affiliate and you're not saying anything. That's cool, though, man. I think that's a pretty smart play. Like, like you said, you know, the Quest 2 is still so new. So they don't want to like discount the hardware, but like, why not give out this game? That's, I mean, how long has the game been around? 2019, you said, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'll, I wonder if there's any like DLC with this game. Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's any okay. DLC yet. But I think that, um, the game's like renowned as probably one of the better, if not one of the best uh, VR games that you can get right now. Yeah. Um, so that's a smart play. Yeah. So I think. You know, they're they're probably trying to show people what's possible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's very smart. Because there's not a Don't. whole lot of... I mean, there's maybe three, like, AAA titles out there so far. Yeah, don't um, buy the Quest 2 and then play a, a, a crappy game on it and then not use your Quest 2 anymore. Yeah. Buy, Quest buy the two Quest 2 play the best game. Yes. And, yeah. then, and then buy the other three AAA games and wait for another AAA game. Yep. And tell all your friends. And buy one for each of your friends. Do they sell Quest 2 sanitization sprays so that you can share with your friends and not worry about transfer of illnesses? Well, funny you asked. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in the line of sanitization, but... If you have problem with fog in your eyes, fog in your glasses, or fog in your VR headset, I have the solution for you. You just got to go over to GamerAdvantage.com and check out the defogging spray. I tell you what, it works. It just works. It just works. GamerAdvantage.com. Get the defogger. Use code GBPOD20 at checkout for 20% off of your purchase. <laughs> that was like totally sporadic. 
That was hilarious. <laughs> you kind of set Brian. me up. Yeah, you're welcome, Brian. Set me up. <laughs> set me up. That code that is real, though. If you're still listening to this podcast after all these shenanigans, <laughs> that actually is a real code. GBPod20 will get you 20% off your purchase at GamerAdvantage.com. You get a nice pair of those uh, pearly shades right there that the ginger is rocking right now. Yeah, there they are. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right we got. Man, let's get. <laughs> let's, all right, let's wrap this up. We're almost there. Uh, I got one more bit of news. The Last of Us. Um, everybody should know that game by now. Um, gets a uh, series order, a TV series order from HBO. So HBO wants to make a Last of Us. It's well, it's the Last of Us. Um, TV show. So HBO has officially ordered a series based on The Last of Us video game franchise. HBO Executive Vice President of Programming Francesca Ori announced that today. Um, so writing the series are The Last of Us creative director Neil Druckmann and Chernobyl writer Craig Mazin. Um, interesting. So uh, basically HBO is partnering with Sony Pictures Television on the series uh, with PlayStation Productions, Word Games, and Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog's the developer, all co-producing. According to HBO's announcement, mm. the series will focus on the events of the original The Last of Us game, which sees Joel and Ellie smuggling themselves out of an oppressive quarantine zone and traveling across a post-apocalyptic, a, 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 a post post-apocalyptic. <laughs> United States. I don't know why I had so much trouble with that. Anyway, HBO says the series will be available on both the HBO channel and to stream on HBO Max. Of course, no doubt. Um, so we saw we The Last of Us. I know. Yeah, because I don't have HBO Max, but I do have I HBO. But by the time the show comes out, I might not have HBO at all. Um, so... Anyway, neither of us has played The Last of Us or The Last of Us 2, but I'm pretty sure everybody saw the tra- at least the trailer for The Last of Us 2 and just how absolutely gorgeous that game looks. So yeah. um, from what I understand, the people that play that game love that game. Um, personally, I think that if I bought that game, I would love it too because I love post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic games i love the fallout series um everything about it and you know it's just that's kind of like my my niche i like playing games like that so um if you guys are at all interested in the last of us uh, make sure to watch out for that series i'm assuming it's probably going to be like a year at least before it comes out speaking of fallout fallout's getting a series as well i think that's a i think that's an amazon deal though um, and I was actually, that got announced in July. I was looking at it the other day. Um, I haven't seen any news on that. So, um, really interesting. Um, I guess beyond just like talking about the fact that the last of us is getting a series. How do you feel about like all of these like game franchises getting television series? Like we had the Witcher series, got one fallout's yeah. getting one and now the last of us. And I'm sure there's plenty of others that I missed, but what are your thoughts on that? I I mean, dude, we're like in a place now where like we just need more content, need more TV. Yeah, it, it's weird because like we also live in a time where like there's more TV and more content than there has ever been. But for some reason, like anytime I get on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, I can't pick a show. I literally cannot pick a show. Yep. It's just like I think it's paralysis by analysis. There's so many TV shows to chain uh, choose from. But in reality, they're all the same freaking show. 
Yeah. It's like either a true crime documentary, a cooking show, or I don't know, some stupid game show or something. I don't know. Like once in a while, there'll be a nice, good, well-produced show. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the, the show we just finished watching was called alone on Netflix. It's a, it's kind of like survivor, but like real, real survival versus that, you know, dramatic stuff. These people have their own camera gear. They, they get dropped off in the woods by themselves they have to film themselves they're by they're completely alone hence the title and they have to survive as long as possible to build their own shelter hunt their own food all this stuff um and like that was a little bit different that was different than some stuff i've seen before so that was cool to watch Um, we've um we've been watching uh what we do in the shadows you heard of that one no so it's a it's a vampire show but it's like there's a video crew going around filming filming them just like they did in like the office, right? So it's like a parody, basically. <laughs> so it's uh, a lot of it's like pretty dry, dry humor. But um, I don't know. That's it's funny. I feel like it's lighthearted, and I get a pretty good kick out of it. So, but nice. I think, I think they're doing this with these video games, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Content. I think they're running out of like good content. Right. They're yeah. like, oh, well, we've already done that. Just like how they they started remaking all of the Disney movies. Right. Yeah. Into like live action. It's because they don't like nobody's coming up with anything new. So they're like, well, they got all these video games out here and like, you know, yeah. they all have their own like storyline and world built around them. So why don't we just like, you know, borrow from them and just make a TV show and maybe somebody will. You know, maybe something will be super successful, but they yeah. got to put the they do they got to put the budget in, they got to put the money in, and they got to put people that are gonna make it good. Like, get a freaking good director on there. You know, yep. get some good actors, spend the money, and make it make it a good production. Don't don't half-ass it and give us you know B-class um, effort because nobody's everybody's just like this sucks. Yep. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And yeah, you're right. I think there was a saying at one point. Somebody said that um there's ever only been like seven stories written in the world or something like that like some i don't remember something something along those lines but essentially implying that like every other movie you see is some sort of adaptation to like one of those seven plot lines essentially you know like all the romantic comedies are the exact same plot line yeah. they just different characters different situations different locations all that stuff right um you know, so yeah, I think you're right. And also we talked about earlier in our in our podcasting days how um popular gaming, especially in the in the corona times. Oh man, that's such a great name for a publication, the corona, corona times. times. Yeah. Um damn it. Somebody's gonna take that. Um <laughs> is that gaming has like surpassed television, surpassed movie watching like you know it's well i don't think it had quite surpassed television but it was getting pretty pretty damn close you know um so yeah i mean i guess these directors and 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 publishers and producers are looking at those numbers saying like dude if we don't do something quick like we're gonna get eclipsed and people are gonna be playing games more than watching tv so okay let's use some of their plot lines and characters and kind of co-op that that experience yeah. And uh but yeah, I think you're right. I think they're definitely gonna have to cast it right. I think um if you don't know who Ellen Page is, she played in Juno. If you remember that movie Juno. Oh yeah, yeah. She would be the perfect Ellie from Last of Us if you like look at her picture. Oh yeah, she looks just um, like her. 
Yeah, she might be a little bit. I don't know how old Ellen. She's like a young person, but I think she's probably like older than us. Well, why but, uh, they should they should just use the actual actress that they used for Ellie. Like, true. Good point. Good point. Um, I gotta look it how, up now. How old is she? She's Ellie is like okay. sixteen. Okay, well, Ellen Page, the actor, is thirty-three in real life. So Ashley Johnson was cast as Ellie. Um, but did they use her for like face modeling or just voice? No, it's just it's face modeling, I think. Okay, well then, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Or no, wait, hold on. No, I'm wrong. Who's the face model? No, they didn't use her as the face model at all. Never mind. No, they. They probably just generated it. It probably wasn't a face model. I'm I don't know. I feel so like they confused. probably mocapped somebody. They they probably did. They they got that face model from somebody. Yeah. But either way, I think Ellen Page, she looks so young. I think she could pull off a 16-year-old if they did the right makeup. But yeah. But anyways, that's what I'm saying. Like They got to use people that are recognizable, that would draw in a, a crowd. Ellen Page as Ellie. Uh, Matthew McConaughey as the dad. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I, I see Matthew I McConaughey it. being that. I feel it. So, but anyways, I think it's cool. I wish it was again. I wish it was on Netflix, just because I have Netflix selfishly. <laughs> I would. I need. I, I, I like considered on multiple occasions paying for HBO Max, just because they've got really great shows. Like it sounds like. Um. So it's like yeah. the one primary service that we don't pay for. Same here. We have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, normal HBO. We just don't have HBO Max. They're hiding all I the good it. content. I got HBO Minimum. I, I got HBO Medium. I got HBO point zero two. I just don't got that Max, dog. Mm. <laughs> Tell nah. about that Max life. No, nah, I got that median life. That median, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Driving down the median life. Balling on a budget. You know it. That's how we do. All right, man. That's our hour. So, uh, yeah. I had a good time. Uh, really fun. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, just, you know, in closing guys, I just want to say, please like, and subscribe on YouTube. Also subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you really want to help us grow, share this episode with a friend, tell your mom, tell your dog, tell your dad, tell your cousin, tell them all, tell everybody, tell all your coworkers, help us out. We need everything we can. If you made it this far, then you're willing to help. So appreciate you and check out all our other videos got some good interviews out there yeah man absolutely i love how tell your dog was number two in line <laughs> so yeah man tell a friend tell your dog <laughs> yeah then then tell your family you know yeah family's last uh that's hilarious that's awesome <laughs> got my, gotta gotta watch out for my fur family you know yes exactly man but so. yeah absolutely yeah i think uh like you said check out our other videos these these beautiful glasses i'm wearing right now um gameradvantage.com gbpod20 for 20% off of that make sure you go watch out, watch the episode with Brian explaining the benefits of these glasses then go watch the episode we did with Smartmouth's head brewer Jimmy Lochran learned all about how they brew their beer and their philosophy around brewing then go check out the episode with Sebastian Wolfram from Epiphany Brewing and watch out for more guest episodes coming soon we're on a guest episode train guys uh, we're keeping it going but don't forget if you sneeze and fart at the same time, <laughs> then you're going to travel back in time 
and watch our Lion Binds Hop Farm video to just yes. bring it full circle. You know, you gotta yes. you gotta learn about the hops. So absolutely, and those guys right now are actually looking for um, some donations from the brewing family for the people who are interested in craft beers and want to support our uh, local manufacturers. They're trying to buy a new uh, harvester for the farm and looking for some support. So you go check out their page. I think that their page is at Lion Binds hop farm on instagram i'm sure if you search them they'll come up but you can find a link to their gofundme page and help out there too really cool guys um so support support local business do it but with all that said yeah i guess we will see you all in the next episode thank you so much for watching and we'll see you all later peace